The sponsor for the Shepherd's Creek Podcast for the month of November is B&H Academic. B&H Academic is dedicated to providing trustworthy theological resources to serve you as you serve the church. Visit bnhacademic.com to find resources you need to help prepare sermons, tackle tough questions, and aid you in personal spiritual life. Also, starting November 20th through the month of December, you can get 40% off on all of their books. I'll provide the link in the show notes for that. And also, we're going to be providing the link for the giveaway that they're doing with us for the month of November. You can get five great books just by going to the link on Twitter or Facebook, signing up, and sharing. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor. Come alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I hope you're doing well today. This is a bonus episode. Today I have an interesting topic to discuss with you, or at least to share with you, and the title of today's bonus episode is Five Reasons I Don't Like the Enneagram. Let's pray. Lord, I need your help. I need wisdom and guidance, truly. Help me to be as fair as possible with the people who so love this personality test, or just help me to, to be faithful, just to talk about it through the lenses of the Bible. And I pray that people would stop taking this test. I pray that this would challenge them to quit defining themselves and using the Enneagram as a tool. And help me to be fair. And it's all uh, in the name of, of Jesus that I pray. Amen. Okay. Five reasons I don't like the Enneagram. Now, a little bit of background. I've had to take the Enneagram before. My wife and I have during some assessments. And I, I know that people really love taking personality tests. You know, spiritual gifts tests were huge in the 80s and through the 90s. And we have the Myers-Briggs test. The most popular one, which I'm talking about today, is the, the Enneagram. And just want to share a few things in, in, uh, about really that could apply to all of these tests to lesser and greater degrees but specifically want to zero in on this Enneagram. And I've scratched my head a little bit wondering why it's such an appeal, especially even to Christians and pastors. Pastors have been so just in love with the Enneagram, and I just don't get it. I really don't. So I want to share five things to think about, and I'm trying to do this as faithful as I can through through a biblical, biblical lens. And so number one, the number one reason I do not like the Enneagram is because of its demonic and new age roots. And I realize that present value of something isn't determined by its historical definition or even its historical roots. But if you look into the present descriptions of what the Enneagram says, even at the Enneagram Institute, it's closely tied in with self-actualization, self-realization, New Age thoughts and ideas, and the Enneagram itself, based on these nine uh, New Age personalities, is itself just simply new age. And I don't like it because of its demonic roots. So the person who founded this, this whole thing, claims to have received it from ancient ways and has written from his hand through being guided by a spirit and actually had these conversations with somebody named Metatron, which I believe is a demon, not Megatron, like, you know, from uh, Transformers, but Metatron, Oscar Ishazo. 
And it's just clear as you read these accounts, this isn't anything you can't just Google and look up. I mean, just go to the Enneagram Institute and just do any basic reading, and you can find really quick, quickly, that this did not have neutral beginnings. This was demonic and built on New Age ideas from the very beginning, and still how it's used today and how it's described today. If you'll just read the traditional Enneagram and the overview, I'm just right now on the EnneagramInstitute.com. This is so far from neutral. This is demonic. It's just, there's no way you can read this and say, hmm, that sounds neutral. It just, it's not. And 1 Corinthians 10 warns about participation with with the demonic through idolatry, okay? And I think what happens with the Enneagram is it's put on this pedestal and, and it's idolized. It's just so loved. I mean, even just seeing the title of this podcast, I know that many of you, if your pastors are in ministry or you've been, been quote-unquote helped by the Enneagram, it's so personal for people. And and people defend this this program and this test like crazy, almost to the point of tears. It's very strange. But I think it's straight up demonic, and I think it's the exact same thing as, as warn, the warning against idolatry in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And he says that uh, he does not want them participating with demons. That's what he says. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? The food offered to idols is anything, or that an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to be participants with demons. Now you say, well, I'm not sacrificing here or or anything with this Enneagram. Well, the idolatry and the whole point behind it is all demonic. And so you're participating with something that had demonic origins. And I just don't think that needs to be redeemed. There's just some things that are just not redeemable. They're just pagan, new agey, and there's just better ways to discover things about yourself, I don't know, like the Bible, than programs like the Enneagram. Guys, the number one, up until its present use and in its origins, it's demonic. Number two, the number two reason I don't like the Enneagram is because it's all about self-discovery. I just don't like programs that want you to navigate and so introspect and ask questions and just discover more and more and more about yourself. That's not the point of life. The point of life is, is, is not self-discovery or self-actualization or realization. Sorry, new agers out there. The point is self-denial and the point is more and more of Christ living for his glory and honor. We do not need to read tools like this to learn about ourselves. We really don't. We have the Bible, people. In Galatians chapter 2, for instance, just as a way to self-discovery here, Galatians chapter 2 has some interesting things to say about the self that you won't find in the Enneagram. But that is so more, much more profound and powerful than the Enneagram. If people would spend just as half as much energy and vigor as they do studying that thing and doing self-discovery, which is the air we breathe right now, we would be changed. I mean, people's lives would be changed. Just look at Galatians chapter 2 or just listen along with me to what the Apostle Paul says about the self. I have been crucified with Christ. That's a self-statement. My self has been crucified. How about that for self-care gurus out there? It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He gave his self for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, Christ died for no purpose. If you want to learn more about yourself, 
Well, for goodness sake, who wants to learn more about themselves? Just learn more about Jesus. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Jesus. And so the self-discovery ideas that, that come along with the Enneagram, I really loathe because it's just the culture and it's the air we breathe. And we live in a narcissistic society that calls it humility. Narcissism masked as humility. That's where we exist right now. And I just want to say, if you're just always looking at self-discovery tools, that's narcissistic. You really don't need to be using all these tools to discover more and more things about yourself. Number, number three reason I don't like the Enneagram is that our strengths have to be submitted to Jesus. Our strengths and giftings have to be submitted to Jesus. Just because God built us and wired us in a way that we can succeed in, in some particular way doesn't mean that we are to walk in that particular way. All of our giftings and abilities have to be submitted to what God has said about us and for us and the parameters that God has given us in his word. Just because I have the ability to do something and, and the quote-unquote gifting to do it doesn't mean that I have the freedom to do it any way I so choose. We all have to submit to God's word on how we implement the abilities that God has given us. We want to submit those things to Jesus. And often, here's the deal, here's the kicker, often God calls us to do things that we are not gifted in. And there's just a couple of examples in the Bible. Peter was called to the Jews. Paul, the Jew of all Jews, was called to the Gentiles. Judas, not Matthew, was selected to carry the money bags. Gideon, the one shaking in his boots, who was the weakest family in the weakest in his family of the weakest family of all the tribes of Israel, and God comes to him and calls him to be the leader of his army. Okay, this is a God who does things with weak people, ungifted in particular ways, and calls them to step out in faith and to watch God work. And my fear with, not my fear, it's just the reality of so many of these gift things and assessments and self-discovery um, ideas is that we have an idea of now what I'm gifted in, and we pursue that, and we just let everybody else do what they're gifted in. But that's not how things work in the Bible. The Bible calls us to submit our giftings to the Lord and then live our lives in obedience to his word. And there are going to be things regularly that we're called to do that we're not gifted in. And some things that we're regularly called to do that don't fulfill us. And just because something that God tells us to do doesn't fulfill us doesn't mean that, well, God didn't make that make me to be fulfilled doing what he's called me to do. So, do it anyways. Obey. The, the whole point of these tests is to know more about yourself, to know where you can flourish and where you can grow, and then know your weaknesses, to know where you can't flourish and where you can't grow. And some people Christianize it and say, well, now I know the areas I need to repent. Or you could open your Bible and, through the power of the Holy Spirit, discover the areas that you need to repent, that you're not Christ-like. The number four reason that I don't like the Enneagram is that people are obsessed with it. I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, you just go around and talk to people and you see, hi, my name is so-and-so, I am a and then they give you one through nine numbers. They're obsessed with the Enneagram. And so I, I want to challenge you to not be obsessed with the Enneagram. Um, as stated before, the loyalty given to this program is just so bizarre. It's just so bizarre. And I don't want you to fall into that trap. If your heart is connected to this, and this is just hard to hear you hear somebody say that they don't like the Enneagram, then there's something going on that's wrong. And I think that it's just you know, there's it's just the aspects of the evil tentacles that are connected with it. It just grabs people's heart. And the fifth reason I don't like it is that churches are 
uh, so prone to attach their people to the Enneagram. And I think pastors get seduced very easily. They want tricks and they want the silver bullet to spiritual formation. They want the spirit, spirit, They want the silver bullet to, to grow their church, whatever it may be. And they look at this tool and they say, hey, look, this is a neutral tool. I can modify it a bit, make it our own. And, and I think we're going to have a lot of people that run around in our church knowing what number they are. And it's just we're going to be a group of people who know each other and all this kind of stuff. And I just think that's complete nonsense. But pastors get seduced by this stuff all the time. And I want to challenge you to think through things biblically. I mean, everything you see, put your Bible in front of it and say, what does God's Word have to say about this? And I think the Bible has a lot to say about programs like, and specifically, the Enneagram. You may say, well, whatever, it's, it's a good thing, but I don't know, you're going to have to defend it. Look at the, look at the history, look at, it, look at its present usage, and ask, why do you need to have that tool to learn more about yourself? How about just deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus, and put your nose in the book, the Bible? Anyways, I hope this has been fair. I hope it's been helpful. Maybe I'm uh, not seeing this as clearly as I should be. Shoot me a message. Write to me. Help me think biblically. I don't want to hear well testimonies about how great it's been for you. I could really care less about that. And so if you have a biblical lens to your thinking through about this, about how something like this can be redeemed, then let me know, uh, and I would love to chat about that. But until then, put the Enneagram down and pick up your Bible. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.